Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, October 19, 2012, and today we're reading from the big book. You'll find us in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 47, the second full paragraph. Today's readers are Monica, Sharon, Kim, and Sarah. The share code for yesterday's meeting, Thursday, October 18th, 3188. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry it its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Miriam to read the 12 steps. Miriam, we do not hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, sorry about it. The 12 steps. One, we're meeting we were powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, cases to believe that a power greater than ourselves towards society. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being in the nature of our own. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of courage. Seven, humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we acquired and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, make direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so with anything or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted. Eleven, go through prayer, meditation, or conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of this step, we try to carry this message to possible readers and to practice this principle in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you. I will now call on Melanie to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Thank you for your service today, Leah. My name is Melanie, and I'm a compulsive overeater calling in from Minnesota today. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me read that, and I'll pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, We Agnostics, on page 47, second full paragraph, beginning with, we needed to ask ourselves. And I will ask Monica to begin reading, please. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe, that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe, or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderful, effective, spiritual structure can be built. And that's a very, very, very important question in here that's being asked. And I have it circled and starred and highlighted. Do I now believe 
Or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? I don't have to understand. I don't have to try to figure it out. Do I believe that there's something greater than me? Or am I just even willing to believe? You know, I don't know, but I'm, you know, I hear these other people say they, it, there is, and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on that to begin with. And they're saying that's enough. And as soon as you can say that, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. And emphatically, it's completely, strongly, forcefully. And this question, as a sponsor, I ask this question of each of my sponsees when we get to this point. That they have, you know, and you've you got to be able to answer this yes before you can carry on with working the steps. And when they say yes, I then look at them and say, you know, I can emphatically assure you that you are on your way. What hope? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Nicole. Please go ahead, Nicole. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for you. This is Nicole, a gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. Um, the word that stands out to me in this paragraph is the word cornerstone. It says here that it has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. And the reason why I think it is so important to look at that word is because of what a cornerstone actually is. It is, it is well, sometimes it is used, as I was doing some research on it, as the first stone that is set in a foundation and it becomes the reference stone to which every other stone is put into position. Um, it determines the position of the entire structure. Think of a large, large building that if it started to face the wrong way because the cornerstone was facing the wrong way, that would be a disaster. So upon one little stone, an entire building, the direction and the way the building looks is set. And then I had seen that over time, that cornerstone also became like a ceremonial stone. It was, sometimes you can see in old buildings, it's in a prominent location. It has information of who the builder was, what the date was. It's like a, it's a beautiful, um, important stone to the building. So I think it's, it's so incredible how even just to have the willingness or to believe, but even the willingness to believe is setting that cornerstone. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nicole. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, your turn. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. So once again, the step two is a beginning. He's on his way. Does that mean he's there? No, it means that he's open to the journey. You know, someone can say, you know what, I think I, I think I like being a nurse. I think I want to be a nurse. But just saying that, being willing to, to think about it as a profession, does that make you a nurse? No. Once you have that feeling, once you're on your way, you have to make that decision to be a nurse. 
You have to apply to nursing school. You have to go to nursing school. You have to study. You have to pass the test. And then once you graduate as a nurse, you go into the hospital, and you be, that's when you become a nurse. That's when you're practicing that skill set that you learned in school, and, you're, and you're, you are a nurse every day. So this is step two is the beginning. You emphatically assure him he is on his way, but we have yet to make the decision. We have yet to take the action steps, which is four through nine, and we have yet to live in the sunlight of the spirit, which is steps 10 through 12. But the beginning of that process is the understanding that I am open. I've come to that conclusion. There is a power greater than myself, and I am willing to go through this process. So although he's not there, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way because upon this willingness, we have the opportunity to, to build this structure. So, it, so this is where we're going to say, okay, God, okay, you recovered people. I am willing now to take your hands and I want you to lead me through this process so that I can have that conscious contact with my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice, please go ahead. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Ms. Leah. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So what an important question this is. You know, they put it in this paragraph. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. And that question might be important, but they also had had it repeatedly proven among them. You know, I don't know about you, but when someone stood in front of me in whom the problem had been solved, and I got to meet and experience them telling me their story and showing me by their very presence, by the light in their eyes, and explaining to me what had happened to them, and that this is the very question they had asked themselves, and found an answer that led them to a wondrous spiritual experience, how could I not grab hold of that very question and ask it of myself? You know, it had been repeatedly proven among them that when they asked themselves that question and found that they could say, yes, I'm willing, yes, I believe, that something miraculous could happen to them as a result of that. And when I got to that question, I was desperate. I was in a desperate and pl- a place where the, the disease had beaten me. It had beaten me. I was willing to throw in the towel and raise the white flag and say, I am licked. I can't do this. I couldn't live in my own skin anymore the way I was living. And so to ask me, is there a power greater than me? Oh, God, I hope so. Oh, God, I hope so. And I had the hope and the willingness to say, I am going to stand in this place and say, yes, I don't know what's going to happen. It has not yet been proven in me, but I was willing because of what I had seen and because what I had come to know about myself through the doctor's opinion, through there is a solution, through more about alcoholism, I knew I was licked. And then coming to this question made it look a whole lot different to me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Anyone else? Yes, good morning, Leah. Did I hear Christy? 
Anne-Marie. It was Penny E. Okay, Penny E. and then Anne Marie. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Penny E., a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, this question is, um, of course, is so important. You know, do I believe what you're telling me? Do do I believe that what you say has worked for you? And it does. This paragraph does have that have that asterisk that we didn't get to yet, but it talks about in the uh, spiritual experience in the back of the book that. Um, uh, this is a principle which is bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which could not fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. If I have gotten to this place in the big book, and I have totally conceded to the fact that I have this disease, and they're telling me now that I, that I really must, I must be open to this idea of a power greater than myself. The answer to this question has got to be yes, even if I'm not sure. Ignorance prior to investigation is going to cause my death. Try it. I may like it. I may like it. You know, try it, Penny. There's no other place to go here. So I ask for that open-mindedness, that willingness, you know, just to take the next step forward and uh, try it. With that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. And Anne-Marie, please. Hi, this is Anne-Marie, Recovered Compulsive Eater. Thank you. Um, You know, the first um, sentence, we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Well, once again, there is directions. Um, In the forward to the first edition, that first paragraph right in the middle, um, you know, they're talking about the reason for writing this book. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. And throughout the book, they are giving us clear-cut directions. And this is one of them in a very important direction. I mean, I think all the directions are important, but this one, we really need to ask, you know, we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. This is what they did. They needed to ask themselves. Do I now believe or am I willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? And that question had to be answered. You know, and if the answer is no, that's okay. We go back and and we just, we help the person to see. Um, but honesty is so important. Um, but I know for me, I needed to believe that I could not do this on my own anymore. I had to become honest with myself. And finally, I did believe that there was a power greater than myself. I got so desperate enough that I said, I can't do this anymore by myself. I proved it over and over again. So um, I'm just going to keep looking for these directions. And then following that, the rest of the paragraph is, is so much hope, hope and a promise. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I, too, wanted to comment on this paragraph. Do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe, that there is a power greater than myself? Am, am I, do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe, that there is a power greater than myself? Um, you know, believing is the state of mind that I needed to have uh, uh, before I could begin, you know, um, 
It's a place to start. It's, it's a choice. Believing is a choice. It's a place to begin, even without, even without strong convictions. You know, I think the greatest difficulty that we often have with, with believing um, is that we want something with more certainty to start with, with more assurance, you know. Um, but, but being willing to believe, just being willing to believe is the beginning point because everything that man has accomplished, everything that we um, strive for begins in our mind. We have to first believe that we can do something or at least be willing that something could be accomplished. And, and you know, that's that can happen when we have a um you know living proof of those who have recovered you know there are numerous voices on this line of people who have recovered we are living proof of what this program of recovery uh can do you know we are messages of hope and salvation that you don't have to live uh continuing to eat yourself to death. You know, it says here in that statement, it has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. So those of us that have recovered are saying, this is where we started. We also started at this point. And upon this simple cornerstone of willingness, the willingness to believe, the willingness to cast aside some old ideas and um, old attitudes and be willing to believe that God will and God absolutely can revolutionize our lives. And upon that willingness to believe, it says, this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. What is that spiritual structure? Well, that wonderfully effective spiritual structure that we're building is the spiritual awakening. And what is a spiritual awakening? For those that don't know, a spiritual awakening is a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. That with this willingness as my cornerstone and then a decision that's going to come along in step three, I'm going to engage in this process called the steps. You know, steps four through nine are going to take me on a journey, spiritual in nature, where my mind is going to be transformed from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. And that spiritual awakening, that personality change, is going to be sufficient to bring about recovery. And I'm going to be restored to sanity. That's exactly what happened. Restored to sanity, soundness of mind, being relieved of the obsession, freed from that beast. That's what a spiritual awakening does for people like you and me. But it begins with the willingness to believe. Do I now believe or am I even willing? Am I willing to believe, you know, that there is a power greater than myself? And hopefully those of us that are recovered on this line are living proof we are like a big show-and-tell operation of what is possible when we cooperate with God's grace. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Tasha. Tasha, your turn. Hi, this is Tasha, compulsive overreader. Um, do I 
do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? Uh, when I did my third step, I um, got on my knees with my sponsor. We said the third step prayer, and he um, and he said to me, "Do you believe, or are you even willing to believe that there was a power greater that there's a power greater than yourself?" Um, and because that sentence said, "Or am I willing to believe?" That was where the light shined in for me. Um, I was able to say, "Yes, I am. I am willing." Um, I couldn't say, you know, yes, I now believe for sure, but I was able to say that I was willing to. And as time went by and I worked this program and I connected more with my higher power, I did believe. And so I just wanted to share my experience. Thank you. Thank you very much. And as you'll notice, there is an asterisk there, and at the bottom of the page it says, please be sure to read Appendix 2 on the spiritual experience. And since this is a big book study, that's exactly what we're going to do right now. We're going to turn to the spiritual experience in the back of your book, and I'm going to ask Sharon to read the spiritual experience in its entirety, and then you can comment if you wish. Thank you. All right. This is uh, Sharon, a recovered compulsive overeater, and thank you. I'm glad to be on the line this morning. Good morning. Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. 
Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is the bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. And I want to uh, briefly just say that uh, what we're talking about here are two different ways to accomplish the same thing. But there's two different broad ways, a spiritual experience and a spiritual awakening. But within each of those categories, there are as many ways to gain a spiritual experience are there, as there are members in, our, um, in our, our body. There are, um, because each person comes to their awareness in, as directed by their higher power, and it's all individual. And that's what I love about this program is that I don't have to become you. We're not all clones of each other. We're all individual. We're all being directed along um, our path of of God consciousness or personality change, whichever way you want to define that. And it's really gratifying to me that I can have friends that are agnostic still. They were agnostic when they came into the program, and they're agnostic still. And I'm grateful that we can have that. And um, I have people from all different religions, and they all come to their spiritual experience or their spiritual awakening in their own way as directed by their higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone like to comment on anything in this appendix? This is Kim. Kim, please, your turn. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone, again. I love reading this. You know, what is our goal? What is our aim? You know, it says step 12 is having had a a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. You know, so this is our goal. This is our aim, that spiritual experience. You know, so often I think the goal and the aim of many OA rooms is abstinence. You know, abstinence is what I'm trying to achieve. And I love how I hear this on the line. Treating compulsive overeating with acid is like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It's totally insufficient. So we have to know what our goal is. We have to know what our aim is. And what I hear over and over in this, in this spiritual experience is change. So I'm just going to bring out a couple. Personality change. Spectacular upheavals, which is change. Sudden revolutionary changes immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, which is change, a vast change in feeling and outlook, a transformation, change, 
a profound alteration, which is change. That is, this is our goal. This is our aim. We have to have that change, that profound change, in order to have the obsession of the mind be removed so that we can become recovered. So it's so essential. We have to know what our aim is. Is our aim abstinence, which is just purely being a dry drunk? Or is our aim a total transformation of our mind? And that only comes through the steps and through joining with God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on the spiritual experience appendix? This is Janice. Janice, please go ahead. Thank you, Leah. So what are they addressing here in this very important spiritual experience? They titled it spiritual experience, but what they were addressing here was this misconception that people had that if they did not have this sudden and profound and spectacular upheaval, like Bill W. experience and like some of the other early recovering alcoholic experiences, that somehow that was the only way it was going to happen to you. So this is a this is a bunch of great reassurance to me. Paragraphs in which they explain that was not what they intended was to tell everybody that everybody was going to have exactly the same awakening happen to them. And I found this to be very reassuring and very solid foundation information for me that some of us some of us were going to experience this awakening more slowly. That God was going to come to us, that higher power understanding and that change in us was going to happen perhaps a bit more slowly, but it was still going to happen to us. It's a happening. It's still going to happen to us. And it happens as we work the 12 steps. We begin to experience what it means to have this higher power at work in us and through us. So they wanted to reassure us that don't worry if you don't have that spectacular, the wind rushing through you feeling immediately. You will get it. You will still have it. But there are as many different experiences as there are people in our fellowship. And because we all have different, we come from different backgrounds, we we are a group who normally would not mix. We know that about ourselves. And so our personality changes come about in each of us individually. But we have to make a beginning in order for that to happen. We have to be there. We have to become awake and aware. And when you put the food down, when you become abstinent and you hang on to those steps and you work those steps as if your life depends on it, you do become awake and aware. At least that's how it happened with me. And I'm told the people who went ahead of me, it happened to them that way too. And we work these steps. And we all do the same thing as we work these beautiful 12 steps. And so we all get that spiritual awakening, that spiritual experience happening to us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Anyone else like to comment on the appendix? It's Susan Florida. Susan, go ahead. Thank you. This is Susan, grateful, compulsive overeater in Florida. Thanks, Leah. Um, you know, some of us get it quick. Some of us get it slow. They will always materialize if we work for them. I am one of the slow persons. 
I understand fully now that I have to be around people who have changed, who have recovered. Um, my thought of recovery, of course, in the past has been to be absent. And I've learned so much more that it's so much more than just putting down the food. That's the beginning. And if I didn't have a sponsor and if I didn't have this meeting who believe total in recovered, to be recovered and emanate this through the phone, I, I can hear 15, 20, 50 people here who just exude what God does for them. And I want this. And that's what this chapter says. You know, it didn't, it, I didn't have an overwhelming God consciousness, but I did, was willing. I was willing. And somebody will come up to me in a meeting and say, oh, I like what you're saying. Keep talking. Keep talking. And that's the first time in many decades that people have said that to me because I was so focused on the food. And I'm so glad that God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. And I am changing. I don't think quick enough because I have impatience uh, defect. But my sponsor tells me I am. Other people tell me I am. So I have to trust the process and know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. So thanks for letting me share. Done. Thank you. Anyone else? It's Monica. 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 Monica and then Lois. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Monica, compulsive operator. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials necessary, essentials necessary of recovery. But these are indispensable. They are absolutely necessary. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. And we keep hearing the word willingness, 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 willingness. And all it takes is some willingness. And, of course, honesty and open-mindedness. And it's interesting to me here that willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness, if you take the first letter of each of these words, W-H-O, and you ask, your, and you ask who, it's God. You know, Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. And the underlying thing on all of this, it's God. We need God for recovery. And there's so much hope in this, in this um, reading. You know, all of us would love to have been bonked over the head like Bill was and get a sudden spiritual uh, experience. But that's not the case for the majority of us. It's going to be a spiritual awakening. It comes over time. It comes as a result of doing the steps. God will reveal to you a little bit at a time. And he's constantly revealing, even after you've gone through the steps. It's just a beginning. It is so awesome. Hang in there. Work the steps. And this is guaranteed. This is promised that if you do this work, it will always materialize on page 84. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. And Lois, please. Hi, good morning. This is Lois, a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I wanted to comment on undergone a profound change, an alteration in reaction to life. You know, and this, this, this chapter, We Agnostics, and the description of a spiritual experience is so important and I love the way, you know, the big book and the, our 
our um, phone chain here brings it to life, you know. And for me, I have spent so many years, you know, trying to plow through these steps on my own, you know, not understanding. I was willing, but I, I had no idea. I, you know, I, I had a, my, my, um, my, the obsession of my mind was so distorted that I kept applying my distorted thinking to these, these, um, these steps. So, you know, when I, in clarity and when in later, when I hear this since my, my recovery, it is so clear. But, you know, when, when you're a sick, recovering, compulsive overeater and, and without any help, it's impossible. So that in order for me to uh, begin at the beginning, to put down the food and to begin to practice the steps with a, with a sponsor and recoverer, you know, I had to have the willingness to have God remove these defects of character and to go on to practice steps four to nine. And if I didn't have this, um, this change in my reaction to life, I would have applied and have in the past applied all of my distorted perceptions of, of life. I used to go through these steps when I was, you know, I was still sick. I was mentally sick. And therefore, you know, this cornerstone and this spiritual reaction is so important. Without God, I would I would never be able to go the, through the third step, through through four through nine, and and to be, recover and to become a happy recovered compulsive overeater with a willingness to help others and to pull them into the boat, as we say here. So with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Just taking a look again at this first paragraph in this uh, spiritual experience appendix. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. So again, the spiritual experience, what the big book is teaching me here, the, the uh, terminology, spiritual experience, it's sudden. It's sudden type. It's the type uh, that Bill Wilson experienced when we read his story. And spiritual awakening is uh, the type that develops slowly over a period of time. But in either case, whether you're talking about the spiritual experience whether you're talking about the spiritual awakening, in either case, it's going to be a spiritual, a, a personality change, a psychic change, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. It is going to expel the obsession of the mind. And that personality is made up of the way we think, the way we feel, our attitude and outlook upon life, upon people, places, and things. So there's going to be a change in my personality due to the action steps that are clearly written in these pages. And that experience, that spiritual awakening is going to expel, it's going to drive out the greater aspect of my disease, which is the obsession of the mind. <laughs> and that's, that's what we're all aiming for. That's the goal, that's the objective, that is the, the big ticket here, is that spiritual awakening. That is what we're moving towards, and we get there through these action steps. It says here on the bottom of the page, he finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration, alteration means change, in his reaction to life. You know, and that's exactly what happened to me, to change from what 
I had become in this disease of compulsive overeating to that which God intended me to be. I came here restless, irritable, and discontent. I came here very selfish, very self-centered, inconsiderate, full of fear, guilt, and remorse. And because of those conditions in my mind, that always led me back to compulsive overeating. Now, if I can change from that state of mind to something entirely different, I will have changed my personality. And that's exactly what the steps did for me. It brought about an experience. So I'm not what I used to be. I've been born again through these very steps. Born again, not in body, obviously. I've been born again in my mind, where my old ideas, emotions, and attitudes that I had when I arrived here on January 19, 1987, have been cast aside, and a whole new set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes now dominate me. And with that, I pass. And would anyone else like to comment on this appendix before we move back to page 47? This is Nicole. Nicole, your turn. Thank you again, Leah. This is Nicole, gracefully recovering compulsive overeater. I just wanted to point out one little phrase here, the phrase God consciousness. I really love that phrase because when I first became aware of God, it, it really was as if I was unconscious. I really had no consciousness of God. I was unconscious, totally unknowing, but yet not realizing that I was in that state at all. I, I really had no idea of what I was missing out on. And then I, I actually had a, a spiritual experience. I had a very sudden experience. But, you know, that's not in our control, whether we have an awakening or if we have an experience. That's, that's in God's control because he knows each and every one of us and he knows exactly what he's doing, how to reach each and every one of us. But that little seed, that little cornerstone of our willingness is what opens the door to becoming conscious. And the second point that I would make is knowing that there is this God consciousness and knowing that at one point I was unconscious, it gives me a compassion for those who do not yet know God and have no idea how they're even... um, reacting to life like when we are conscious of god we can start to see a little more clearly not to be judgmental but we do start to see a little more clearly where other people are at but it gives me a compassion to know that wow you know what i was unconscious at one point and had no idea i was unconscious until it was god's right timing and my willingness Um, to wake me up. And so it makes me feel compassionate towards those that are not yet even on the path of being awakened, that they are unconscious, that their actions and whatever they're doing in life are really being done because they're, they're truly just not aware. And so I'm just so happy for all of us on the line, no matter where we are on this road, if we are just slowly being awakened, if we are just becoming willing, or if we have had that experience, you know, if we are turning to God, we are growing, just like, just like a little plant. You know, we start somewhere, and we are growing and getting bigger and bigger. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nicole. Now we're going to move 
back to page 47. We're on that last paragraph there, and I'm going to ask Kim to read, please. Thank you, Leah. That was great news for us, for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many many things on faith which seemed difficult to believe. When people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. But I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it is comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. Um, I just wanted to... There's a lot of background noise. I'm sorry, it's not me, though. Um, just this sentence, I wish I had what this man has. I'm sure it would work if only I could believe as he believes. And I know when I first started listening to big book studies online, it was so wonderful to hear these voices, these wonderful voices. But I didn't believe it could happen for me. I felt even sadder at a certain point because, wow, I'm never going to have what these people have on the line. I'm never going to have what Leah has and Janice has and Lois has and Paula has and Monica has. So how can this be true for me? You know, in that last line. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. And that simpler level was to just get in the book. That simpler level was to reach out my hand to someone on the line who is recovered and ask them to do, what do they do? And then commence to do what they do. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. I'm going to remind everyone, please stay muted unless you're speaking. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Sharon. Sharon, go ahead. Uh, good morning. This is Sharon again, recovered compulsive overeater. And I, I'd just like to speak to that, to the, uh, this, um, it's so it's so comforting. It says to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. And I remember when I came into first came into the rooms, I was a believer, but my faith in anything that could help me recover was shattered. I believed in a power out there. I believed in a God out there. But so far as that God being able to help me from one moment to the next to get out of the obsession of food and out of eating compulsively, eating to my own detriment, to my own destruction, I could not, I could only, I could vaguely believe, but I just couldn't see it happening for me. And when I came into the rooms of, of, of the, uh, uh, in contact with other uh, recovering compulsive overeaters and recovered compulsive overeating eaters, I, I got hope. And I began to believe that I could have what they had. Now, I had not fully fleshed out my concept of a higher power. I did not know what higher power was to me. I did not know that my higher power could get me recovered, but I knew that if their higher power could get them recovered, there was some higher power that if I did what they did, that I could get what they got. And that's as far as I, I I didn't even know at the time that I was believing in a higher power. 
All I knew is if they could get it, I could get it. And sure, and, and surely, surely, it, that was the beginning of faith in a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. And so I had made that very little beginning. And, and I want you to know that as the days and months and years have gone by, my faith in a, in a, in a I have developed that conscious contact and I just love it. It's just been so thrilling and exciting, this journey of, of, uh, of learning my higher power, of growing in that relationship, of, of awakening to that power, that conscious contact has just has been so fulfilling and thrilling. And the journey has just been fantastic. And what's really interesting is that every day that I get up, I'm still beginning. It's a new beginning. It's a new part of the journey. And, and uh, just this morning when I was doing some, some writing in my, for my program, I was realizing that I'm going even to a, a, a deeper depth in my uh, conscious contact, in my belief in my understanding. And so this is a journey that never ends, and it is full of excitement and thrills. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Monica. Yes, Monica. Hi, this is Linda. I'd like to share. Monica and then Linda. Thank you, Leah. Good morning once again, everyone. Now, this paragraph here is great news for us. Great news for us here, they're telling us. You know, you don't have to understand all of this. You don't have to um, um, believe like somebody else believes. You don't have to have what they have. All you need here at this point is to believe or to be willing to believe. And they're saying this is all you need, one or the other here. And if you don't have um, uh, an idea of a higher power, but you're willing to believe that there is such a thing, you can start. And for a lot of us, you know, if you don't know, for a lot of us, it's important to have a spot that we can begin at. And here they're saying you can start right there. This is where you can begin. And I think that's important for a lot of us to have a spot we can begin. And, I'm, and, and they're telling us, here you go, you can begin right here and continue on. This is a process. So it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. And we have time for a brief comment from Linda, please. Thank you. I'd like to second everything Monica said. Um, I think since I started at a place of terror and hope and through the steps, um, eventually I found a prayer that helped me a lot, which is um, show me that you're real beyond a shadow of a doubt. It sounds audacious, but I tried it. Anybody I've ever suggested tried it. 
and it worked because each person was shown what they needed to see to find God. It was different from me. It didn't matter. And God shows up, big, small, and in between, and it is spectacular. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Linda, and thank you for all the comments around the room this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Sarah, would you read page 164 for us, please? Thank you. Good morning. This is Sarah, compulsive overeater from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.